You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, what a weekend. Some are calling it the best All-Star weekend in recent memory, and usually I don't deem it necessary to have a podcast for the All-Star weekend, but with so much Canadian content and the uh, Toronto Raptors in the game, and on top of that, some All-Star Saturday night controversy, I couldn't resist recording an episode. And who better to talk about the festivities than Katie Heindel? Katie Heindel writes features for the Toronto Raptors. She's written for sites such as The Athletic and Vice. She writes the Basketball Feelings newsletter and is rotating host of a new women's-led NBA and Raptors podcast called Dishes and Dimes. And she, of course, was in Chicago for the 2020 All-Star Weekend. I've reached her in Toronto. Katie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Uh, first of all, in your mind, is it one of the greatest All-Star Weekends ever? Yes. I mean, for, for I'm biased. Like, a few reasons for me. I think, like, being there for the person made it extremely memorable. Um, but I think even if I wasn't, just, like, it... Every night, like every night was an extremely memorable night. Like there was, there was like from the rising stars to obviously we'll get to it, like the reformat of the all-star game and how well everything worked. Plus like, as you, as you put it, just like so much Canadian, uh, so much Canadian presence this weekend. So yeah, it was definitely one for the books. All right. I'm glad it's not uh, just me then. Uh, we'll get to <laughs> all the other stuff, but I think we'll start with the actual game. Do you think the, uh, the changes did their job? I do. Yeah, I do. A hundred percent. I think, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, in the first quarter, I think myself, uh, and the media directly around me, we were all, and I, to a, an extent, the crowd were kind of settling into what we thought would be a typical all-star game. Uh, just that kind of rhythm, you know, players just running the floor back and forth, getting a lot of splashy dunks in a lot of splashy plays off uh, and there wasn't a lot of disruption to that but then sometime around the start of the second everything just kind of switched um guys got more into it it got like a lot more competitive um it it also just seemed like everyone perked up a little bit including the players so i mean i i loved it i loved the new format um it was a little confusing when they started in i'll say on the third and they started to to do the um playing until rules like playing up to a certain uh point mm-hmm. rules because i did there was no <laughs> i didn't account for the fact that there'd be no time or like mark of what quarter it was mm-hmm. so i was trying to like frantically work and take notes <laughs> and looked up and was like wait a second <laughs> what quarter are we in? <laughs> uh, what i found was very helpful i uh not fortunate enough to travel to chicago but watching on tv they had the all the combined scores and all that so that that made it a little easier to follow along. I was a little, I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical going into it. I was like, uh, this seems like a lot of math. This is actually going to make them care. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I'm in uh, journalism and not any sort of sciences here. So getting me to do math is a bit of a problem. But it, it, it did. It really worked out quite well. And uh, I think it was very telling uh, that teams were taking it seriously, given the fact that in that final quarter, it was uh, Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul on the floor instead of uh, Luka Doncic and and Trey Young. I think that's pretty telling right there. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, I think he, I'm just trying. What did 
You said something like that was extremely apt, uh, and it wasn't just about watching it. It was just like the way, it was the way that like Lowry Lowry closed out the quarter. Um, I'm sorry, it'll come back to me. <laughs> it's you know all, the way I totally just blanked. It's all good. As you said, it was a it was a fog of a weekend. I imagine you had a oh, lot going on. It was the math. It was the math point to your point about math. Um, because I remember when, like prior to the weekend, when they announced the rules, uh, and we're talking about how everything would be added up. It did, like, honestly, I was, like, thrown for a loop, too. And, and to your point, I also am a writer, uh, <laughs> and math is not my strongest suit. So I was kind of like, how's this going to play out? But as soon as it did, as soon as I started playing, it was kind of seamless. Um, like, it, it, it made sense in motion in that way. So I was, uh, that was a bit of a relief there. <laughs> what were the uh, what was the most Raptors thing to happen in that fourth quarter? Was it Kyle Lowry taking a charge or Nick Nurse uh, taking a coach's challenge? Yeah, it's a toss-up. <laughs> it's a real toss-up. I'll have to say I'll go with Lowry just because I think if Nurse had used his his challenge first, uh, I'd say it was Nurse. But actually, like he he was slow to use the coach's challenge. Um, so I, I definitely think it was Lowry. The fact that he took two, like that should just go down, um, in the history books <laughs> yeah. for him. Like that was just, and, and how happy he was about it. Like when he was getting pulled up off the floor, he just had that huge grin on his face. Um, and I think anyone watching, I mean, obviously anyone watching at home, but anyone watching in the arena, like a Ram, like a lot of people were pretty stunned. And I, there, I heard some people just being like, really, is he doing that? But I was lucky enough to be sitting around a few people from Toronto, and we were all just laughing. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I, I remember watching it at home, and all the people uh, we, we I was watching with were like, yeah, that, that checks out. Kyle Lowry taking a charge <laughs> in an All-Star game, a game that means uh, literally nothing, and, and he's taking a charge. Yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. That's on brand. But it worked. It did. It got, it got like... LeBron got really riled up from it. James Harden got really riled up from it. So, like, and he knew, too, and uh, he knew what he was doing. So I think, like, <laughs> you know, I think we, we should give Larry some credit for, like, bringing, like, the liveliness and competitiveness of that game um, right up to, like, a place we've, we've – I can't remember ever seeing in an All-Star game before. No. And, and the fact that he took one on Kawhi, too, just makes it extra special. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and Kawhi had to know too. Like, he, he, <laughs> you think he, he would have read he that scouting report? Played with this report. guy a whole season. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> he, he was a bit rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he should have taken a load management day. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were uh, what were Kyle and Pascal saying after the game? Did you get a chance to talk to them? I didn't get a chance to talk to them um, directly, but well, I mean, I saw I was there when Larry did his. I thought it was really nice that he had his kids with them. Um, and he's like, you know, as he, I think he had one of the shorter, shorter scrums, uh, the, the transcript from it is just like about six lines long, you know, really classic Lowry, couple, couple lines each. Um, he, he had fun. Like he, he was in a really good mood. He said later that it was one of the best all-star games he's ever been in. Um, he did make a good joke that he was zero for six now <laughs> <laughs> for all-star games, but he was having fun on the floor all night. And I think like who know Pat Lowry from the league but don't necessarily get to play with him like everyone on Team Giannis. I think you just got to see the kind of the kind of thing that that Lowry brings to a team that we don't necessarily even as like fans and writers like we don't necessarily give him enough credit for. Um just those sort of invisible qualities 
Um, and I like you could tell that, that that team was just having a lot of fun, and a lot of it was just due to him um, talking to them. He said he like Nick Nurse said too after the game that like um, in in uh, timeouts uh, and in like breaks between quarters, Lowry was like chatting up the guys. They were all talking about like you know to get out there and play competitive and keep the energy up and just things that did seem new uh, in terms of All Star games. You know, just like keeping keeping the chatter up like you normally would in, in a regular season game, or even like I, I heard some com- comparisons even made by players that they mentioned. It felt like more like a postseason game, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. Um, and Siakam, I think was just happy. Like he was just happy to have gotten one under his belt. Um, and it was such a good one for him to, to step into for the first time. It seemed like he was kind of feeling things out a little bit out there. You could tell it was his first one or am I, am I off on that one? No, no, I definitely agree. I think there was a couple, he had a couple missed uh, lobs, like where, where they, it got thrown up for him to dunk. Um, and he, his timing was kind of off. And I thought that was a little bit strange, not strange, just, I mean, I can't dunk, so I can't be like, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, Where could you weird. get that, Pascal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm always reluctant to make those kinds of observations, but just in the All-Star game, especially because it was in the first quarter before, uh, like, defense even started to show up, but there was no, no like, obstruction in his way. There was no reason not to do it. It was just timing. So I think for him, as you said, it was just like he was feeling it out. He was getting into the groove a little bit. Which, like, you know, I think that's expected. Now, uh, that ending, uh, a little bit controversial. Do you think if they're going to do this again next year that they should make it so you, you don't end the games on free throws? Obviously, Anthony, Anthony Davis hitting the uh, second free throw to win it. Do you think that's okay, or do you think maybe there should be some adjustments there? Uh, I th- Personally... I think there should be an adjustment, and I think a lot of the players, I mean, some outright said, you know, they didn't agree that it should end that way. Um, Anthony Davis said he didn't mind, um, but even he, I think, mentioned something about, like, it's the first it's the first time they tried this. Like, they'd have to kind of, you know, smooth out kinks and, and work out new ways to do things as they go forward, like, if they keep these rules, which I definitely think they should. So, yeah, I don't just, it, it just, it felt... I mean, also, they're playing for kids and, like, for charity, so you can't be like, oh, I felt ripped off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it's, the, the end goal is a lot greater than that. But I will say just with the the pace of that last quarter uh, and how, like, tight it felt and how close it felt. And, like, yeah, Lowry's trash was one of those re- the reasons that kind of, like, um, put the game on its heels like that. So it was Nick Nurse using his coach's challenge. Like it, it, we had all these amazing stops that kept putting this ending off, um, and then to have it end on a, a free throw, like the first, like AD's first free throw didn't go in, and I don't know if they cut to this on TV, but they showed it in the arena that like Westbrook was down on the floor, like laughing. <laughs> so, I missed that. <laughs> so I thought, I thought that he had done it on purpose, and if and a few of us were like, oh, what if he like, what if AD? chucks the next one really hard against the glass, like, on purpose, like, bounces it out, um, like, more symbolically. He didn't, of course, and, like, there's probably reasons why he didn't (laughs) do that. But I think everyone had the same kind of question, like, was there a better way to end this game, and, like, what would it actually be? And I don't think anyone in that that moment, whether it was players or or people just kind of speculating about it, felt like... um, 
we weren't really saying that in a contentious way. Mm -hmm. I think it was more of like exploratory. Like how could they actually like stop this from happening again? Now, my question is, was it the rule changes that made the difference or did the players come into it with a sense of we actually have to maybe make this a little bit more competitive or was it a combo of both? I think the more I think about it, the more I think it was a combination of both those things that equaled a, a good basketball game. But what do, you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to say it was probably a combo as well. I mean, you want to think that every... I mean, there were a lot of first-time uh, players in the game this year uh, that were, like, extremely... Not just Pascal, but, like, Rudy Gobert was extremely excited to be there. Uh, like, Doncic was excited to be there. Like, Trey Young. Like, just, like, guys that were so happy and I think like kind of crank the energy up I think something about all-star weekend in Chicago um, which is like such a historic basketball city the sense all weekend was really like players were extremely invested um, in in the outcome of every every event so I do think a little bit of was was the mentality of guys coming in but I also think the new rules you know it it it, it cranked up the excitement in a way that I think just it naturally would in that a lot of the players didn't necessarily know what to expect. And they said that, you know, a few said that later in their post games, just like a part of the excitement was just like, they didn't know how it was going to turn out either. And then, and then when it did turn out so exciting um, and so competitive, like they were, everybody just said how happy, happy they were to play a game that way. Um, that was like kind of new to them and, and a switch up in, the same old sort of routine. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it was both. Well, hopefully, whichever part it was, it carries over to next year because it, it was it was a lot of fun. It made it it made it actually very worthwhile to watch as opposed to sometimes where you, you watch the All-Star game and by the third quarter you're like, why am I still up right now? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Now, one of the things that was obviously present throughout the whole weekend was uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, and David Stern and the memory of those two who passed away uh, earlier. But um, what uh, we we could have a whole podcast just talking about what uh, the the memorials for them. But was there a moment in all the different dedications to Kobe and things like that that stood out to you as especially poignant? Uh, I mean, it did. It was kind of a, a something that carried through the entire weekend. And with every event, they I think they did a pretty good job because it's kind of one of those things where you want to do you want to do it the service it deserves, and you want to do it in a in kind of an an organic and natural and not forced way. And I thought the the league did a really good job of that by more smaller kind of like um, subtle tributes, like leading up to the All Star game. Like Pau Gasol came out. Um, before the rising stars game and he gave some remarks and he got pretty choked up, um, when he gave them and, but it just felt like really earnest and, and natural and beautiful. But I think for me, um, it was when magic Johnson came out, uh, to, to start off the all-star game. And he, he talked about, um, Stern, he talked about how when he received his HIV diagnosis, Stern, um, was one of the, first people he told and he had said to him like you know you're still gonna play in the all-star game and i know like we we're not in that we're not in that time anymore where we understand necessarily how how close and how stigmatized 
that diagnosis was and probably would have been for an athlete uh, at that time. So that that was obviously like just showed just showed how um, important and kind of kind of held his players. And then I also think that he uh, he talked about Kobe and he he led the arena in eight seconds of silence, which I mean, I, I'm always nervous when those kinds of things happen that someone's going to break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> someone's going to shout something or someone's just going to, you know, and like a part of you is like, oh, can you can you blame them in that moment? But it was actually silent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was pretty. I, yeah, I don't know that I've ever been in a, in a space with that many people um, and had it had it been so quiet. So that that felt like pretty visceral. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I really uh, in, enjoyed some of the musical selections that they played there. Yeah, yeah it was just uh, it was uh, you're right. It was it did seem like just the the right amount of touch given to it because it, it, there, there's probably and maybe some people did feel this way that it was too much because you don't want to you don't want to completely put a damper on everything that happened because it's still a lot of fun that weekend and all that. But you, you have to have that there. And yeah, I do think they gave it just the, the right amount of touch there. Um, moving on from Sunday stuff, we're going to work backwards, I guess, and, and go to Saturday. Uh, who do you think should have won the dunk contest? <laughs> I think Aaron Gordon should have won. And I don't think he should have won just because he... It was kind of set up for for him that he was due for one. I also have to say that, like going into um, Saturday night's dunk contest, I was more a Derek Jones Jr. dunking fan than I was an Aaron Gordon fan. Not to say Aaron Gordon isn't like masterful at dunking, but watching that whole thing, watching first like the field get narrowed, and I have to say there weren't really there weren't any bad dunks. Mm-hmm. Like Connaughton and and Dwight Howard, like both had amazing dunks. I thought. And then once once it got down to Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon, just the way that they kept like pulling out idea after idea after idea. I don't know the last time we had a dunk off, or I don't know if I was just so like enraptured in the moment <laughs> that it felt like this kind of rare, exciting thing to be going into a dunk off situation. Um, like the energy was just like out of control. And I think by the time by the time we got to we got to that point, at least for me. Just seeing how like excited Aaron Gordon stayed throughout the entire thing, like he was bouncing around, he was smiling, he was like, he was laughing, like he was having the time of his life. Not to say Derek Jones Jr. wasn't having good, a good time, but like it just meant something. It seemed to mean something a lot different for Gordon. Um, and I know there was the controversy in terms of like, <laughs> did the judges mess up the math? Mm-hmm. Common like you know, alluded to it a little bit later that yes, someone did. Uh, and then after like being in the post game room with Gordon, when he was like telling everyone just like, just seeing how upset he was and, and how so, like shocked as the rest of, of us, he was, he had like an injury where he like cranked his wrist against the rim. Um, and he, he was just kind of showing that in, in disbelief, like it was pretty, heartbreaking i will say so yeah i i do think like he to me he earned it uh and then in the aftermath even it just it felt like even more of a of a robbery for the guy yeah i think there needs to be some sort of honorary dunk contest award because i think the last time in recent memory there was a dunk off was was uh in toronto between him and zach levine and they went to mm-hmm. extra dunks and and zach levine 
also very deserving. Like he he had a great dunk contest that year too, won it. But now two times for him to have to go to a dunk off and and not get it, even though he's pulled off some. He jumped over Taco Fall. I mean, maybe was yeah. that not as <laughs> impressive looking in the arena or something? Like because to me and no, I, I was just wild. blown away. Yeah, that was wild and like. Like, I think it depends how you watch it, how you watch the recap, because some people said, like, oh, he cleared him. Other people said he didn't clear him, so they got why it wasn't, like, a perfect score. But I actually do, like, Taco had his his hands up over his head to give him the ball, and then when he cleared it, Taco kept his hands up over his head, probably to protect himself (laughs) a little bit. So that's what Gordon hit. So I don't think, like, it wasn't like he had, it wasn't like he didn't clear him in this intended way. Um, it was extremely impressive, and the score was, like, frankly, pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it is interesting. You, you mentioned Common saying someone might have uh, uh, made a mistake on their score. Or not made a mistake, but they had. Uh, it seems like what the reporting's been is that there was going to be, uh, they were going to try and make it a tie again. And then someone who had played with Derek Jones Jr. gave Aaron Gordon a nine, so... I I I've done no reporting, so I can't say either way. But it is interesting. I'll I'll say that much. It is interesting. It is interesting, and uh, I don't know. I mean, you just you do have to say like there was a lot of deliberation, and they were looking at each other's scores. So it wasn't like they didn't know what was going on. It wasn't <laughs> like it, it didn't seem like they all didn't have a plan and they weren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was just like innocently fudging the numbers. I guess I just kept waiting for someone to, to like first in the arena and then later in the press conference to like rush in and be like, we got the math wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But that's not unfortunately what happened. Oh, well, it makes for a more interesting dunk contest that there is that controversy. So at least we'll have that. I mean, it's been fun for me as a fan. I do feel for Aaron Gordon a little bit, though. As you said, he was uh, clearly pretty disappointed. But, um, yeah, oh, well. Uh, other event, one that didn't have a Raptor in it, the three-point contest. Do you think it was a good thing that um, Kyle Lowry didn't enter a, a fourth three-point contest? Because uh, I think we've, we we know by now that he's not going to be winning any. Uh, yeah, it's probably for the best. I mean, I wouldn't actually mind seeing someone like Fred Van Vliet mm. in that contest at some point, um, just because we've seen like the kind of stealthiness he can sink them when he needs to. But the three-point contest, even to like pure three-point shooters, is not. I don't find it's very like indicative of uh, mm-hmm. skill. You know, it's, it's something about it. It does seem to like throw guys off. They had it that weird, like Mountain Dew. <laughs> Swamp ball, I was calling it like, <laughs> the weird green one. Um, but yeah, Larry, Larry's you know, I'd like to see Larry maybe in a skills challenge. I yep. think he could really shine in something like that. Yep, 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 that would be good. Uh, the skills challenge that one did have a raptor in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pascal Siakam lost in the semifinals, right? Against Bam yes. Adebayo. Yeah. yeah, do you think he did better than you expected? About as you expected? What do you think? He did better than I expected, honestly, because I was considering some of those um, nerves that we were talking about mm-hmm. previously. Uh, but like he was laughing, um, like he seemed super confident out on the floor, like he was having a really good time. He's getting te- he got teased about it earlier in the in the, um, at the media day by Lowry uh, when they came out for their availability. Lowry said that he uh, 
he'd bet a lot of money on him. So he had to, <laughs> he like streamed it over to where Pascal was sitting uh, in his booth so that he, he better win. Um, and yeah, he like, uh, he did really well. Even when he lost, I thought like he just still seemed like super, super pleased with himself. Um, and again, that thing came like he, he had the first shot on that. So like, Bam, Bam was close. Like Bam could have tossed it up, but I think he, you know, he saw Pascal's shot. He saw he was gonna let him take it, so there wasn't any interference. And then he kind of squared up to take his. So those are like split second decisions, you know. That I think like sometimes it's not it's not really skills as much as it is chance, like right mm -hmm. down to the wire. Yeah, I don't think anyone's thinking uh, Bam Adebayo is a better three point shooter than Pascal Siakam, <laughs> but he did hit it. Uh, all right, that's the uh, All-Star uh, Saturday night, unless there's some secret events that uh, only people in the building get to see. Uh, Friday <laughs> night, um, we had the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. Were you able to get to that that event? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was at that event. Um, that was good. That was just like, I like that game always because, I mean, it kicks off the weekend. Um, you never know who's going to show up to it. And then you've got all these, like, young really fresh guys who are genuinely just like so excited to be there. And I, I find it's always really fun to watch how long it takes for the nerves to get out. Um, so in that game, I think it was like by the third quarter, they were actually having fun and like playing basketball. Who were you uh, most excited to see there? Um, I liked all the Canadians, I have to say. Uh, it was really cool to see them shine and like chatting to I got a chance to chat with uh, Brandon Clark after, and he mentioned just like how happy he was for Canadian basketball that they could all show up and and like play like that. Um, and we chatted a bit about Lowry and and Siakam and just like how that's something that you know, I mean they're not Canadian, but is almost like honorary Canadians. That's something that like he would want to aspire to, like to to have like a tenure as as many times in the All Star game as Lowry does. Um, I was excited to see Zion, of course, like. Mm -hmm. Course. And he certainly delivered when he like bent the whole rim <laughs> <laughs> on that dunk that he did. Um, yeah, like I don't know. It's just like such a it's such a it's such a um, easy to love group of young guys mm -hmm. this year. Yeah, and absolutely. they're all like kind of flashy, you know, in a, in like a different way. Um, and they're all like they all know it. But it was it was a really fun game. It's like. I, like, you'll, if you'll excuse, it just feels like it was almost, like, months ago <laughs> at this point. It was such a long weekend. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And then, like, each day being so so much going on, I imagine it just gets, like, you, you, you probably, it all blends together and yet draws out at the same time. I can I can see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, kind of. Yeah. But I did, I did. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I did really want Team World to take it. Oh, um, same. Not just for the Canadians. I mean, yes, for the Canadians. But I just <laughs> thought, like, that roster was just, uh, I don't know. It was just, like, it was pretty lively to me. Like, it was just a bit more exciting. I mean, like, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, just, like, I, I'm trying to think. But, it, I mean, I'm a, I've been a huge fan of Rui. And I feel like Rui Hachimura gets, mm -hmm. like, he isn't getting the kind of attention that he's he I think he deserves this year. I saw him at Summer League for the first time uh, this past summer, uh, and I think he's going to become a phenomenal player. Um, yeah. I was really but, hoping uh, for a uh, the world victory because I, I was thinking we could get Narjay Barrett uh, MVP. I think that would be pretty fun. And then we'd have our second Canadian to win 
a uh, Rising Stars MVP going next to Jamal Murray. So that's what I was crossing my fingers for. And he was he was scoring a lot, and it was kind of fun. Uh, you probably didn't see this because you were there, but they had Steve Nash uh, doing the uh, halftime bit, and he was saying how uh, the uh, all the guys were talking about Zion and John Murray. And he's like, well, <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about R.J. Barrett for a little bit. So I thought I thought that was really fun. I think it's just cool to see and have it on the broadcast because there was one point where it was Luka Doncic and then the four Canadians on the court. And then for me, it's a little bit of, uh, I mean, I don't know why, well, country pride, but I, I'm not the ones who made these guys these talented. But it's just so exciting to see so many, four Canadians on the court at the same time playing against all the uh, U.S. players. I thought that was just oh, yeah. special for me. Absolutely. I mean, that's almost like a full court Canadian press, right? Like, that's super <laughs> exciting. You know, maybe we just have to wait another year or two and we'll have something like that. Yeah, we just, or or we should have just convinced Donkic to become Canadian. That could work, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was yeah, there I'll a... just have a passport ready waiting for us <laughs> at the game. <laughs> I, think, I think that's totally fair. Uh, is there uh, anything else that stood out to you from the weekend? Any moments uh, behind the scenes that you really enjoyed? Let me try and think about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put you, putting you on the spot, I know. I think just like for me, the kind of chaos <laughs> of it um, and just like that everyone gets caught up in that, like the fervor of it, not just not just if you're there to cover it, not just if you're there as a fan, but the, the players too and like seeing how excited they were uh, to like, you know, just like see their friends and colleagues and like guys that they don't necessarily get to spend that much like a weekend with, you know, and, and for some guys like a more casual weekend with like at the media at the all stars media day, like just like, you know, Lowry just kept yelling out to like Jimmy Butler, or whoever would like pass by in front of his podium, um, just the familiarity and like ease with which they they can kind of slip off that. Because they're, they're still there to play basketball, yes, mm -hmm. but it's, like, in a different role, I guess, than you would say, like, their day-to-day -day jobs. Um, and also, I, I have to say, I did spend some time on Friday at the Basketball Without Borders camp that Pascal Siakam was uh, one of the coaches in. Um, and that was really cool, like, just to see, just to see, like, I mean, I'm going to call them kids, but they're, like, high school-aged mm -hmm. kids, uh, like, 64 from all different countries around the world, like, boys and girls and just like so talented and just like the raw talent and like the raw energy. Um, it's like, it leads to some pretty explosive games and like some really explosive moments. So that was cool. And to see like Larry showed up to that and just to see like other guys um, come and come and kind of just watch and be there because like, you know, at the end of the day, like they love watching basketball as much as we do. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, I think what what I what's going to be nice is uh, also it's a bit of a refresher, a chance for uh, the Toronto Raptors to maybe get healthy and stay healthy for at some point this season would be a, a nice benefit from the All Star Weekend. That's too. the dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> Katie, before I uh, let you go, I just want to we mentioned I mentioned it just as uh, I was introducing you here, but tell me a bit more about this uh, Dishes and Dimes podcast that you're a part of. Yeah, so Dishes and Dimes is is a, a new women-led uh, Raptors, because we're all Raptors fans first and foremost, but we are also uh, league-at-large fans. So it's uh, nine nine rotating hosts, including myself, 
um, like women in the city who've like, I think we all like, you know, one of the hosts, she's embedded with 905. Uh, some are writers, some are just like, you know, personalities. I'm sure you know from like NBA or Raptors Twitter if you're on there. Um, I think everybody is really funny. Again, I'm kind of biased, but I think like it just brings in some new perspectives um, to the game. Uh, we do recaps. We do like, you know, we talk about kind of like the, the dime of the week in terms of just like whether it's like a player's amazing outfit or somebody's <laughs> like very phenomenal in-game performance. So it's not just like it's a lot of you've, you've got your analytics, but I think there's like a good balance of humor uh, and just like tongue in cheek uh, observation. So, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. We've had like some really great support right off the bat. So I do want to thank anybody that's already listening. But if you haven't, uh, give it a give it a chance. And why did you guys want to uh, why did you want to start this? I think for some of us, like, you know, I've I have like a couple of regular rotations on podcasts um, and some of the other women have been guests on podcasts before, too. But I think we just like, you know, it's not it's not like a secret to say pod, podcasting, especially I think sports and basketball podcasting is kind of a male dominated field. Um, so we were just wanted to hear from voices like our own. And we felt there was like a bit of a gap uh, and one that, you know, it's not that we necessarily felt like we were qualified in that sense but we were ready to address the gap and then it turns out i mean with podcasting some people don't realize is is just talking (laughs) talking. oh yeah (laughs) so you don't necessarily need like a whole ton of qualification sorry to just get started so yeah like it's and it's mostly been a lot of fun for us so we're gonna we're gonna keep it going we we release a new episode we record on sundays release a new episode monday mornings awesome well i uh would definitely recommend uh, anyone to go check that out. I'm gonna go check it, check it out. This was the uh, nice. today's the first time I heard about it, but I will definitely be hitting that subscribe button. Uh, Katie, I'm really glad you're able to come on. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, thank you so much again for having me. This was a lot of fun. That was Katie Heindel. She writes the Basketball Feelings newsletter and is rotating host of a new women-led. Raptors and NBA podcast called Dishes and Dimes. If you like what you uh, heard on today's episode, please make sure to leave a rating and review. Always love hearing from you and uh, really, really, really appreciate feedback. Uh, you can also give feedback on the new logo. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the last podcast or just uh, looked in your feed, you'll realize things have changed a little bit. I'm very excited about the new logo done by Mar- Mun Marketing. Uh, Greg Munn there did an excellent job with it uh, and uh, really happy with it, but love to hear from you too. You can find me on Twitter at Canada's Court or send an email to Canada's Court Podcast at gmail.com and uh, just let me know what you think. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening. <laughs>